You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums, and it's here before you die. This episode, we'll be talking about weather report, heavy weather. On the line, I have Rob. Oh, hello. Ben. Hi. John. Hey. <laughs> and Kyle. Hi, everybody. Heavy weather is the eighth album by the weather report, released in March 1977 through Columbia Records. The producer was Joe uh, Zawanu and Jaco Pastorius. Wayne Shortner, and the genre is... Jazz fusion. There we go. I'm going to read from the book Max Reinhardt. List the key players behind the 70s jazz rock fusion movement, and it's headed by Joe's Zawano and Way Shortner's Weather Report, John McLaughlin's Menavishnu Orchestra, Chick Corea's Return to Forever, Herbie Hancock, and of course Miles Davis's Electric Bands, in which all these guys had played. But when it comes to chart topping commercial success, for the music, we're talking about Weather Report and this album, a jazz record that reached number 30 on the Billboard pop chart, went gold with 500,000 sales and spawned a hit single in Birdland, which charted again with versions by Manhattan Transfer in 1979 and Quincy Jones in 1990. Not just their best seller, Heavy Weather was also their critical high tide mark hailed by Jazz Album of the Year by virtually every relevant magazine. All that cash register action and acclaimed trends to obscure what a triumphant this album is. Devastatingly, brilliantly played, genre-defying compositions with a song that suggests the production was a meticulous act of love. With their new lineup, Shortner and Zwanu left behind the sparsy, airy understatement of earlier albums for a funkier kingdom. Virtuosus bassist Jaco Pastorius... Uh, innovative stylings did not just occupy Heavy Weather's center stage, but created the temple for fretless bass playing into the 21st century. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> what do we all think of uh, Weather Report, Heavy Weather? I fucking, I fucking love it. That's amazing. <laughs> You got jazz on my boat. Oh I my do. God. I'm here for the whole fucking thing. Get me on the yacht. I want to be on this yacht. This is fucking boating shoes, stupid schooner hats, and just I don't know. I I, I can't listen to this and be upset. Like it 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 it, 
it makes me happy every time I hear this record. And uh, so many times through now, I think this will be number six in my in the cans right now. Like since this week, it's so fucking good. It's ah, ah. I'm <laughs> did you like up. it on? Did you like it on first listen, Rob? I did. Um, and yeah, Grady introduced me to this like probably seven years ago. Like very drunk at three in the morning, pulled out the record. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like, right. Now, now, we're doing this. <laughs> now this is happening. He got sick of playing me the uh, Frank Zappa's MIDI works and uh, went straight for late seventies jazz fusion. And I, I was hooked. <laughs> so was it that this jazz boat finally had the right engine on it for you, Rob, and that engine being polyphonic synth and bass farts? Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, so it does but, it for me. <laughs> well, I don't think we've brought jazz onto the boat yet. I think this is our first yacht jazz. That you, you might be right on this. Um, I, I don't know. Also, like the all all the tones that are used just remind me of like uh, like there, there's definitely some nostalgia like for uh, videos for the YMCA camp, like at the end of like third grade. Like this is the shit that was playing. Like it's it's a lot of star wipes in your ears. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah, this is a star wipe for sure. Absolutely a star wipe. (laughs) The first time I was listening to this, and uh, Carrie walked in and she asked what it was, and I says weather report, and she says, "Oh, you mean the music that they play on the Weather Channel?" <laughs> Which I think is where I've heard Birdland before. It's yeah. like watching a Doppler radar, like just move across the screen. Dude, like a, a good morning, uh, like news show, like. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I swear, I've seen a storm roll into that tune, man. <laughs> so, had this- any of you guys ever listened to Weather Report before? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, did I had we, never listened to this before. Do we oh. have one of their other albums on this list? No, no, no. This okay. is the first well, one. Then the answer for me is no, but I feel like. I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, it's it's sort of a collective trauma. Like just it, it's built into the genes. <laughs> we, we, we've all experienced weather report at some point in time. This is the jazz that's playing while you're waiting in line at the bank. <laughs> but we've had we've had some of these like elements of the Voltron that is weather report, right? Like was on uh, uh, Joni Mitchell, Joni Mitchell. And then was Joe Zawinul Zawinul on something else? Like, I feel like he was in something that we, he's been a jazz player. I think he may have been in like miles Davis's band on an album of his that we covered or something. I think he's on bitches brew. Okay. Uh, Probably. Cause there's like 30 players on that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This is, Definitely not my first time, and I still can never get into it. I just can't. <laughs> I, it's been the reason I got it. I, I've listened to it before. Is it's always on top jazz album lists. It's up there with Kind of Blue. It's up there with Bitches Brew. It, it's like this is the transition into jazz fusion. Here it is, and this is the album that sold the most and got everybody interested. And I just can never do it. I just can't. It's the- I- but like, it, what it, about Headhunters? Isn't that like a, tra- a an earlier transition into fusion? Yeah, yeah, that's a little more funky though. This is that the, must be why I like it more. Oh yeah, this is the softer <laughs> melding of the jazz. Yeah, yeah, th- this is the aural equivalent of missionary sex on a waterbed. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little funky, but not much. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a cucumber sandwich with the crusts. It sure is. <laughs> Kyle, ice player, how do you feel about uh, Jaco Pastorius's base <laughs> play on this? I'm into it. So this is uh, his first record with the weather report? Yes. Uh, I believe so, yeah. It's quite good. Um, <laughs> I played this album a few times in my classroom, and uh, it's it's great, calming, atmospheric, kind of happy music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dig it a lot. This is something I... Probably wouldn't have listened to maybe ten years ago, but it's uh, scratching that forty-one-year-old itch. I guess. <laughs> Is are there any songs from this album on Pure Moods? Do you know, Rob? There are not. I would have put. We're, right now, we're listening to track two, a remark you made, and I'm getting some Pure Moods from this track. I'm feeling <laughs> some moods. Yeah, there, there's just not quite enough uh, synthesizer for it to be a pure mood. Oh, okay. Yeah. Most of the yeah. pure moods have some sort of semi-vocal element to them, right? On the on the actual OG album. No, well, man. No, it, no. It has the, had, uh, it has the what's his name. Yeah, yeah, but it has the entirety of Mike Oldfield's uh, tubular bells oh, on it. Yeah. Like, well, all that, all fucking twenty-six minutes. Like, well, they do have they, the announcer who announces tubular bells. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Jean Michel Jarre was uh, on yeah. it as well. And that's all instrumental. Uh, yeah, I made a note for a remark you made that it was fine and bloopy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I like kinda, the melancholy aspect of it. Yeah, it, it feels like uh, standing on the side of a middle school prom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, what does? Uh, a remark you made feels like standing oh, yeah. on the side of a middle school prom. Like yeah. it, not, it, it conjures that emotion. <laughs> not, not, not Teen Town. Which no, also... not Teen Town. <laughs> That's the parking lot of the middle school prom. I wrote down next to Teen Town that it it kind of gave me the uh, like Percy Jones vibes, uh, like Jones. I think Percy yeah. Jones, yeah, uh, dude, like from uh, Another Green World, uh, his work on Fire Island. Yeah, yeah, I could see. Was, that. He, was he bass? Or yeah, he was or... the bass guy. Okay, like reminded me a lot of it actually. Yeah, it's true. And and this song doesn't stick around long enough for it to be annoying to me. <laughs> I wrote down like at two least and a half minutes. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, uh, right about halfway through the song, like where we're at right now, I don't know if it's like a low-tuned floor tom or a high-tuned kick drum, but just like that syncopated every once in a while, like boom, 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 boom. It, now that I'm talking about it, he's not doing it. Well, just like, come in. It's it's cool. I dig it. Yeah, it has its moments. That's the thing for me is it has all these unexpected moments, but then these, it's like... The fusion, it just gets me. I just can't. Also, <laughs> I have a, a tones, tonality of this album has, a, is for some reason, I just can't get into. The way the bass meshes with the sort of a synthesizer, I just, I'm not a fan of it. 
I don't know. I don't think I don't think Jocko tuned that thing to mesh with anything. <laughs> right, right. It kind of sticks <laughs> out, and maybe that's why. Maybe it is the jazz element that it's out there, but they don't go into bitches brew territory. It's not out like out out there. Birdland keeps it pretty straightforward because it's a bit of a pot. It's like a surprising pop number, but at the same time, yeah, it's a hit. But I I don't know what it is about this album, but I've tried so many. I, I keep trying. It's like it just like a bad penny just comes back and I'm thinking surely, you know, like I'll I'll get into it this time and it just never clicks. That's a shame. That's yeah, a, I really like the production value. It sounds like a like a Steely Dan record or something. It's just yeah, so I don't like Steely Dan. Either. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Kyle. It does it. have that Steely Dan production sound, Kyle. It's quite slick. Yeah. Birch, has any of these uh, boat offerings made you want to get on the yacht yet? Or have you just kind of been <clears throat> against the whole to do? The first Steely Dan album, I was it was pop sensibility that brought me into it. Um, I would say some, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff like Fleetwood Mac and some of these others that I feel like I'm on that boat. Uh, maybe that maybe they're a bad bad example, but it's just the easy listening kind of there's something about it that just turns my ears off. And maybe that's just from years of listening to rock and roll and punk. And would Billy Joel's just the way you are. Get you on the boat. There you go. Yeah. No, I I like Billy Joel. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm into the softer stuff and I like melodic kind of a softer jazz, but it's something about the, it's something about the fusion element that is just feels wrong. You don't like ramen noodles in your burrito. I, no. I get it. And maybe, <laughs> yeah. it's the, and maybe it's the conditioning. I mean, maybe it is the conditioning of going to like a, like a store and hearing this kind of like fusion, like light fusion jazz that is just hard to, to snap out of. I can't unhear like the weather channel stuff now. Like <laughs> yeah. all, all, all of this is like the waiting music either on the phone or, or for public access or for the weather channel. <laughs> yeah. Public as- access title card when there's like just another minute left to fill before the next show starts. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think our generation has been brought up to hate like Muzak, like the good on us. The, yeah, I, n- <laughs> nobody should like it. You're not supposed to like it. <laughs> but I think that is replicating what this, this, it, like this is the originator. So it's, a lot better, but it's that the thing that I hate is calling back to this. And so just by proximity, I somehow just dislike it. Fair enough. So, I mean, how high did Birdland chart? I mean, on, on 30, what chart? 30 on the yeah. pop chart. Wow. Yeah. For a jazz fusion. In like 70, what? 77. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, th- 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 this is button heads with the clash and the Ramones. Like it, yeah. it, it's, it's taking, it's, simultaneous with punk rock and it came out right when people kind of wrote jazz off for a minute and everyone just freaked out about this. I I don't know why, but I'm glad they did probably because there's a like Stormfront coming in to a city wearing a fedora. (laughs) Um, I I, I, I imagine that's 
That's a pretty good reason. That's a good um, cover. I have to give it up for the cover. <laughs> I mean, you got to think about that too. Like, okay, how, how were these albums being sold? They were being sold visually to shoppers, you know, in stores, right? Like I've just done a, an eighth of cocaine and I'm shopping in the record store. What am I going to pick up? I'm like, oh, <laughs> you just did an eighth of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> that seems oh like God. it's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Are you okay? 70s, right? It's 1977 and I want to jump around to Birdland. <laughs> and then I need a remark you made to help me bring down. You know, they get it. And then Teen Town takes you right back up. <laughs> and down into Harlequin. Then up into Rumbamama, then down into Palladium. <laughs> I think it was a... Uh... It's the uh, it's the element of the supergroup because they always put those supergroups together, but they don't always they don't always work out. And I think this time it worked out. I mean, I'm, I, I'll give it up all day to the players. I mean, fantastic recording, fantastic players. Just not my style. I can get what it. What are you going to say about uh, Rumba Mama? I can suck a butt. Uh, it, it's the only track. Uh, it's the only live track on the record, uh, but it's also the only like, why are you giving the drummer the time of day? <laughs> That's well, it, it, I think it's cool. It's a, it's just a percussion break. It's short and it's got cool Latin percussion groove going for a few minutes. I don't think I it like deserves one. track one side too. It's, it's a not enough of a, full-fledged banger to be side to track one. I, I like that it's interesting and it's different and you can see like, okay, here's how skilled these percussionists are, but it, I agree. It's not really, it doesn't flow with the rest of the album. It doesn't sound like a weather report song. It doesn't, which is great. Because, well, it, you know, because it's, it's what? It's just the percussionists. And they're good. They, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, on the, what is it? Timbales and Congas. Yeah. Like they're, they're wrecking it, but you know, I'm never, I'm never one to really like a big old Desi Arnaz fucking conga solo. Dude, it takes me back to like winter percussion in high school. You ever do that, Rob? I did. Yeah. Uh, the Not that anyone that we ever witnessed was this good, but. What was the last one that you did? I don't know. It was probably spring of 2000. I'm talking, what, what did you play? Oh, I don't remember. That was 20 years ago. We we did uh we we did Dream Theater. <laughs> oh oh dude 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 we did Spirogyra. No, I remember. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so for for all of you non nerds, uh, when marching band is done and drumline is done after football season, uh, the the drumline continues on doing winter percussion, which is just like indoor percussion ensembles, normally some world music stuff or jazz fusion. <laughs> yeah, from the uh, from the football. Uh, football court is that what it's called? Cool. Field? Uh, the football field <laughs> to, the, to the basketball court. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Football's canceled. I don't care. Shut up, John. Shut your mouth. So, uh, Palladium. Yeah, let's talk about that, dude. I, I've got a lot of mixed feelings uh, about <laughs> about weather report and heavy weather in general, but. Palladium was the very first song on here that I put a star next to. And I think it was even on first listen. I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah. It's a tight song. Do you know who's on steel drums? No. Who's on steel drums? Jaco Pastorius. <laughs> oh no my shit. God. <laughs> what can Simu- the man do? Simultaneous uh, <laughs> with him playing the fretless bass. <laughs> yep, he's using his feet to play the drums. Oh my God. <laughs> That's impressive because you need to hold mallets. 
I don't know. <laughs> he, he's just, he's sitting on a stool and he's just like, his core is very much engaged and he's got his legs straight out and his body straight up. So it's like, he's just, he's, he's like spread eagle, but his butt is just like on that stool. And that's how he's able to do all this at the same time. It's all really impressive. And I wish I could have caught it live. There's a lot of core strength, guys. Is that what it means? Like when your base has no frets, it just frees your body up to do other things? No, no, this is a new skill. No, the the, the, the frets were slowing him down. He can move much faster without the frets. So, I mean, explain this to me. So there's a couple things on here that I'm going to ask you as a person who doesn't know a goddamn thing about instruments. It's like having Uh, a spoiler on your car. It just makes it go faster. No. (laughs) Okay, so without the frets, you can just go faster. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. A lot, lot, I mean, lot of drag with those frets. So well, they're almost like actual speed bumps on the neck. You have to be the, really precise, though. That That is the yeah. difference. So when you listen to an upright bass, that is technically a fretless bass. It's jazz. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it also allows you to put a little more intonation in, into the uh, the instruments. You can play uh, all the notes the between notes. the notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. But it, you it's, to, it turns your bass into a slide whistle, you know? <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not stopped on the in-betweens. Right. Uh, OK, so that that affects the tonality of the album, obviously, when you've got the fretless fretless kind of style. And then the other thing is Joe Zawinul is playing a Oberheim polyphonic synth for some of this. And that's the first synth that can play chords. No, the Yamaha CS60 and CS80 had already come out at this point. But that's the it's one of the first synths we've come across that can play chords. And that also changes the tonality in that you've got this kind of playing of, of blended notes at the same time on a synth in a different way than normally playing them on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, the CS80 had already been introduced at that point. That was the first one that we covered, but yeah, like gotcha. uh, being able to like have like a number of uh, voices per note, as opposed to being a uh, monophonic, which uh, you can have three as many oscillators as you want, but you can only play one note at a time that this allowed it to be spread over, um, uh, probably 16 notes at this point, eight to 16 okay. notes. Um, you don't even have that many fingers. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, Who plays 16 notes at a time? If you're holding down uh, a sustain pedal, you can like, okay, hit a couple of, there you go. Like a glissando situation. Not even a glissando situation. You can just have multiple like chords. Like a Louie Louie situation up. where you just exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis breaking it. <laughs> now you yes. can do it on a synth, Jerry. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, someone should have gotten the killer a synth. I know. Oh, th- there has to be a record with him doing something <sighs> stupid with a synthesizer. All right, we're going to find that. <laughs> So while we're uh, we're on the topic of uh, of Jocko's bass, so he started playing bass at a young age, and also at a young age, you know, he decided that he didn't want the frets, you know, slowing him down. He wants to to be able to have more 
control over the tones he's making in the notes. So he's got like a 62 Fender jazz bass and story is he pries off the frets, the metal frets with a butter knife. And then he fills in the gaps with uh, epoxy. So he just has a smooth surface and that bass he calls the bass of doom. And it's the one he's famous for. I believe it's the one he's playing on this. Uh, Jocko also, you know, he struggled with mental issues. He struggled with substance abuse issues. And uh, there were times where he was not easy to get along with. He got in a lot of fights and like he would get beat up. He'd go to bars and get in fights. And he spent some time in the eighties on the streets Apparently, at some point, the bass was just smashed to bits. I don't know if it was a fight or I don't know what happened. But uh, a luthier uh, reassembled the, the original bass of Doom, put it all back together. Uh, and then it got stolen from a park bench and in like 80, mid-80s. And it just disappeared. And it showed up, I think, in like 2009, maybe, at a pawn shop somewhere out east. Uh, and the pawn shop owner like the the Jaco Pistorius's estate found out it was out there and tried to get it back from the pawn shop owner since it was stolen property the pawn shop owner did was not going to part with it you know uh, I'm sure there's a statue of limitations on those things uh, but then the bass player of Metallica uh, Robert uh, was it Trujillo mm-hmm he is a huge Jocko fan. It was like who inspired him to pick up the bass. So he bought the bass from that pawn shop and, and gave it to Jocko's family. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that a nice story? Yeah. yeah. And now good. since like the nineties, I think Fender makes like a, a Jocko Pastorius model. Did he crab walk it all the way over to Jocko Pastorius' oh. house? <laughs> Can he walk any other way? I just assume that's how he gets around. <laughs> I also like knowing that he was inspired to pick up a bass by Jaco Pistorius and uh, he plays for Metallica. I just like, I like having that rattle around in my head, but yeah, dude got beat up all the time. <laughs> and, <laughs> One and time lost, he didn't recover <laughs> and lost his bass for 20 years. <laughs> the Jocko well, he was, story. He was dead for a good part of that 20 years. So. Oh, fine. Hey Ben, what'd you think about this record? Man, <laughs> I tell you what, this is not my style of music. Uh, it's like upon first listen, every hair, I just, every hair on my back bristled at it. <laughs> uh, but you know, second listen, Birdland is admittedly catchy. Here I am tapping my foot. I can't be bristling my hair while I'm tapping my foot. And there were a few other songs that, that happened to as well, like Palladium. Uh, the last song was that Havina. And these dudes are impeccable players. Like every musician on this album, just fucking hot. So I can't go totally negative on it because I'm tapping my foot and these guys are good players. So I think I'm going to go neutral on this. If this is your thing, this is probably about as good as it gets right here. But it's, it's, it is not my thing. I would listen to this on a boat. All right. <laughs> I'm rarely on a boat. What do you think, John? Uh, I, I'm going to have to echo Ben to a certain extent. Um, you know, there's, there's parts of it that are funny, like that part of musicality where they're doing a goof, but it's not a bad goof. It's like a good natured goof. You know, they might not know that they're doing a goof, but for me, it feels like they are. Um, you know, if you're going to have like a medieval synth beginning to your jazz song, I'm going to think it's a goof. If you're going to have a bunch of bass fart bloops, 
uh, in the middle of a song. I'm going to think it's a goof. And those are the parts that I really liked. Uh, but <laughs> but that's not enough for me to say that this is what I want to listen to all the time. And yeah, I would I would listen to this yeah on a boat or on a hollow deck or some shit. But uh, otherwise, no. So neutral for me. What do you think, Kyle? Uh, you know, I like this record. I'd never. This is probably the first jazz fusion jazz fusion album I've listened to end to end. And I listened to it in my classroom a, a few times, and it kind of served its purpose. And like I said, it kind of has that Steely Dan kind of. This is like reference quality. You know, if you want to set up your stereo, you know, and make it sound really good. This is <laughs> Um, but yeah, I can't disagree that it sounds like, uh, hold music when you're calling Comcast or something. So I, I totally get you guys. Uh, but I, I, I was, uh, pleasantly surprised by it and especially such a innocuous lame name as weather report, severe weather, <laughs> heavy weather, buddy, <laughs> weather, heavy, <laughs> like, what Rob, it reminds that? me of that band we saw that one time called area code. Dude, I've seen Area Code. <laughs> we were three of us have seen Area Code. <laughs> have we talked about Area Code before, me and you guys? We, we talked about Area Code on, I think, on Matt Martin's podcast one time. <laughs> I saw him at the Melody Inn like 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah, we all did. Like, we, we, we tried to pick up a show at the Melody Inn on the way back for some bullshit and, uh, in Lafayette. Oh, that was with some pumps. Yeah. Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> I thought it was with like Sam Lowry or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's why we all have the same memory. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Um I don't often like my jazz at all. Yeah. And I often don't like jazz with a hard eye. But in this uh in this specific uh circumstance i am all in for this hot jizz um it's i fucking love it. it it it's just it's in my ears and i i, I want it to stay there forever i think the i think the album itself is a grower um it do, like the more listens you get give to it uh the more you get out of it and i think uh yeah it deserves and rewards multiple listenings so a complete positive on my end so you're saying i should listen listen to it more I think so. Okay, I, I, I think I think when all this is uh, w- merch, when all this is over, man, and you and I, I are never. just hanging out again, we should put on some weather report. Right. You know, just- <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it another shot. I I'm just gonna go negative because I I mean just for personal taste. I this isn't my this isn't my bag. This isn't my thing. I just can't imagine putting this on again. I just don't really. It's not don't really care about it. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I just, it's, it's something that I've tried to go back to. I think I've, that's the thing is I've given it a couple shots, um, in a couple more this week, just listening to it. And I just, nothing really, nothing's really sticking technically great, but not mine. You know, it does kind of remind me of dream theater. And I think that might be why Um, I have such a soft spot for it. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. All right, next time we'll be talking about Muddy Waters Hard Again. All right, thanks, y'all. Again!